Inclusion Inc. Diversity at Work is a podcast about exploring the hard topics and questions within the conversation about diversity and inclusion. Throughout this series, I sit down with business leaders and influencers from startups to Fortune 500 companies to dive deeper into the exciting but sometimes uncomfortable conversations and changes happening within the workplace. Tune in to some real conversation with real people about real issues. This is Inclusion Inc. Diversity at Work. Overlooking Utah Valley, Sawyer held a bottle of pills in one hand and his cell phone in the other. Sawyer was well past thinking about this day. He had planned the whole thing, moved on from just thinking about every gray moment to taking out the prescription. This cold January day in 2018 was going to be his last. He wrote out goodbyes to his two children, best friends, parents, and anyone else who might miss him. His final words would be delivered as just another notification on their phone. It had already been a while since he had stopped eating, paying attention at work, or even just functioning. Sawyer was now on autopilot, and all that was left was to take his phone off airplane mode and hit send. At that moment, his location was sent out to police officers and family members who had been frantically searching for him. Not a minute later, a truck, car, and police cruiser pulled in behind him. Overwhelmed with embarrassment and a flood of other emotions, all he could do was cry as the pills were removed from his car and he was taken to the hospital. That short drive to the psychiatric ward began a road to healing, a road to living, and a road to keeping on. One year later, Mindshare Partners did a groundbreaking survey finding 60% of employees in the U.S. experience mental health symptoms. This was the same across all levels of seniority. The stat worsens with the fact that millennial, Gen Z, and LGBTQ communities suffer for a longer period of time and at a higher rate of severity. Within those communities, more than 50% have left a job due to mental health issues. If we zoom in even further, Black and Latinx employees are the most adversely affected when it comes to job displacement due to mental health. Sawyer Norman with Internal Operations at Divi joined us to chat about mental health. He's also the CEO and founder at Keep On, a brand and community for those struggling with mental health challenges. I want to get started at the beginning. Tell me about your upbringing, your life, and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, I'm a pretty boring guy. Uh, (laughs) So I was born in Philadelphia. I was adopted when I was a kid. Uh, So I tell people I was born in Philly. Uh, So I still... uh, communicate with some of my family, but all my family has been in in Utah now. I've lived here my whole life. (laughs) Um, About me, went to Pleasant Grove High School, did a semester of college at UVU and then dropped out. Uh, (laughs) So that was was fun. Couldn't quite do the college thing. Um, Loved sports. I played sports all through high school. Um, And then just kind of got into the the tech world. So I did uh, retail at T-Mobile, AT&T, and then uh, slowly transferred into uh, software sales and now uh, still living within the the software world. So it's been fun. I have two kids. That's kind of my biggest uh, pride and joy. Um, So they're two and five and they keep us busy. So Those are busy ages. That's great. So now you're at Divi mm-hmm. and explain yep. to me what you do at Divi and what Divi does for those who don't know. Yeah. So Divi is an expense management platform. Um, so we work with small businesses, uh, help them with their corporate credit, um, 
give them tools to manage their expenses. And then I'm on the internal operations team right now. So uh, I kind of wear many hats, uh, but our main goal right now is helping uh, applicants get through the process, how we can improve those uh, operations on the back end and, and improve our customer uh, onboarding experience. So that's been my current role there. And previously I was in field marketing, uh, managing all the events. So it's been a fun transition. Brilliant. And it sounds like you're enjoying what you're doing. I love it. It's fun. Good. I have the best team ever over there. Good. That's, so important. That, that's an important <laughs> they, they piece. They take care of me. What made you decide to share your story with those close to you in your personal life, but also to share your story in the workplace? Yeah. So, uh, like I said, I just feel so lucky to be here, um, because I was in that group, uh, one of our, our um, at Divi, we had a guy come and speak. His name's James Hadlock. He's unbelievable. His company, Blue Novus, is is all about uh, helping to break that stigma and helping people to uh, get help. And he told me a stat that was just crazy. He said eight out of 10 people that have a mental health problem, eight out of 10 don't reach out for help. Um, and so I feel lucky that I was two, <laughs> of two the, of one ten. of the two of yeah. 10 um, that did. And... The reason I wanted to start sharing it is because it was so hard for me that I hope that I can help someone make that jump because after it was so hard, uh, without it, I wouldn't be here, right? And so being able to hopefully share my experience and help improve that number is a, is a huge part of why I've started to reach out is because there's so many different, you know, stories, especially if I, as I've started to uh, share this with other people, I've been shocked at the outreach of people that have been so kind to me, one, uh, but two that have said, you know, I've been struggling with something, you know, and, and for me in my position, like reaching out uh, to people was so difficult. And I've just loved seeing people already reach out uh, for help because I don't have all the answers, right? I, I'm not a therapist. I don't have any right, professional right. accolades. But for me, in my process, it was so helpful to see normal people that I thought were just like me uh, come and talk to me and say, Hey, I have a problem or, oh, you're sad too. I am too. And it's, again, going back to that number with eight out of 10 people um, that aren't like most people are, everyone's going to go through something hard, maybe not on a full on depression, or they might not deal with crazy anxiety, but somewhere in your life, like there's going to be a hard time and it never hurts to have uh, support. It never hurts to have someone that uh, you can talk to uh, and someone that, you know, might not even know you. And that's been cool for me uh, to see people reach out that I don't personally know them, uh, but hopefully that helps. You know, maybe they don't want to talk to someone close yeah. uh, because they're worried or because they're scared. Uh, so that's kind of been my outlet is to be able to be uh, an untraditional uh, form of help, I guess, yeah. in terms of not having to go to a counselor or anything sure. big. It can be kind sure. of a, a first step. Sure. And I think too, it just speaks to um, feeling heard and seen and related to. Yep. Um, yep. which kind of speaks to the representation in the workplace, right? Yeah. Which is why it's important to talk about mental health yep. so that people do feel like they're not alone in that, especially yeah. at work. Um, so when you came forward with your story and you kind of talked about your experience, yeah. what was the response that you got in the workplace specifically? Yeah. And what were some um, of the specific outreaches that people gave to you and provided for you and s supported you? What yeah. what did they do that was helpful? Yeah, so starting from, from Divi, um, I'll always remember, so January of 2018 uh, was that hard time. I started working at Divi December 10th of 2017. So literally like a month before um, is when 
everything kind of came crashing down. And, and from a workplace standpoint, um, Melissa Lane, I have to give her a shout out. She was uh, my boss at the time, one of the most incredible people. Um, and when I was starting to like not be able to function, right? Like personal interaction with coworkers, family, like it was incredibly difficult. And I was so nervous to tell her that I was gonna need some time off. Um, and I think her whole perspective on life is, is unbelievable. Um, but she didn't hesitate one time to make sure that I took the time to make sure that I was all right, to make sure that she, I didn't think about work. She said, take care of yourself first. Um, and that speaks to Divi, right? From a whole is, is the culture and the um, type of people that they bring in has made it so easy for that, where even me, someone that's a new employee month one, is gonna have to take a two week leave because of their mental health. And it didn't affect my job status. It didn't affect uh, my performance. <laughs> it didn't affect uh, anything how they looked at me um, was huge. And, and from that, you know, from, uh, from Melissa all the way up to our executives, um, Alex Bean is our, is our co-founder. And same thing, he's from, from day one, has supported my career, which has been awesome. Um, but more importantly, has supported me just as a person. Uh, and so, you know, outreach from a co-founder, uh, even at a time where I was just a, a pretty entry-level employee at Divi, um, was huge. And I think that's one of the, the biggest gaps is, obviously you, you're concerned about your manager when you reach out, what they're gonna think, but then you know you have executives that are high up that are relying on you um, and you might not have a ton of interaction. So uh, that in itself adds a whole bunch of mental stress and a lot of uh, anxiety. And so that was probably the, the two uh, experiences directly that most affected me um, and so many employees at Divi that I've heard of, you know, that have yeah. felt the same. They felt included, they felt safe, and they feel like Divi continues to improve uh, on those initiatives. And that's been huge. It's, it's, it's very genuine and it's uh, something that takes a lot of work. Um, but yeah. Divi has put the, the time in, which has been awesome. Yeah, and it sounds like Divi's made a conscious decision to make this an important piece of their culture and the way that they run. Um, mental health in general, as we've mentioned, is hard to talk about. Mm -hmm. It can be embarrassing and personal and painful. Um, so how do you personally overcome talking about such hard things? And what would you say to people suffering with mental health? Yeah, so it, it is a tough topic. Um, and, and again, from someone that used to be uh, really prideful again yeah. uh, for me it was a sense of pride you know depression is something that I looked at and said I, I will never have depression I am I no I'm way too strong I'm way too good like my life is perfect there's no way like I'm gonna deal with it and so uh, for me it was humbling myself a little bit um, and understanding it uh, was another huge part of talking about it is realizing how common it is was one, you know, as, as I looked at, you know, some of my mentors and some people that I really looked up to in my head, same thing. These people didn't deal with depression. They didn't deal with any mental health issue um, until I started doing research. And then you find, oh, that person's extremely successful yeah. and they had their battle with depression or PTSD or any sort of mental health issue. Um, so that was kind of step one for me is, is humbling myself and realizing that everyone out there goes through something, uh, whether they voice that or not, um, is obviously up to them, but 
humbling myself and realizing that it's okay to have those discussions. Uh, and, and a lot of times, you know, for me, I was uh, never a podcast guy in consuming content. Um, as I started listening to podcasts, though, that was huge as I could almost put myself in other people's shoes as they were telling their story. Um, and that helped me start with conversations, you know, as, hey, did you know this guy or this person uh, had their battle with depression or this person used to, you know, struggle really bad and now they're, you know, seen as someone extremely successful. Um, so that helped uh, open that discussion. Uh, another thing was to find people that genuinely cared. Johnny Hanna is the co-founder of Entrada and the current CEO and founder of Homey. Homey is the future of home buying and selling. At Homey, they provide you with everything you would get with a traditional agent without a fat commission using easy-to-use technology. So I graduated from BYU-Idaho, and I had no prospects when I graduated. I had a best friend that was at BYU, and he invited me to help him co-found a software company called Property Solutions. Okay. It's become Entrada. Okay. So Entrada is right above Adobe. Yep. So I was there for 12 years and grew it and it's a billion dollar company. It's just, it, it's been insane. It was amazing growth. But just randomly after 12 years, you know, we were on a rocket ship and I just decided to step aside and shocked my partner, shocked myself, shocked my wife and just said, you know, it's time to do something new and had no clue. Went and interviewed with a bunch of VCs around here just and other entrepreneurs just trying to get an idea of like, what do I want to do next? And one of the ideas that was presented to me was homey. And so I, I kept stewing on that and um, eventually felt like that was the best decision and the next step for me and and chose to start homey in 2015 with the guy whose idea it was is Mike Peregrini. He's now my co-founder. Oh, brilliant. And then I brought in one of my old co-founders from Entrada. Oh, so wow. that's our, our little crew. So if you were building a house of diversity and inclusion, what do you use as your foundation? So the foundation for me for diversity and inclusion and for any of our values, it's all come down to mental health. Mm. And it's it's all been everything that goes through our heads. So all of us have different experiences. I right. don't, where, Absolutely. Where were you born and raised? Utah. Utah. Okay. Utah. I was born and raised in, in Colorado, a little town, Pueblo, Colorado. My dad moved us to Montana. I then became a farm boy, but like my my life right. shaped my perceptions and opinions. Absolutely, my parents have shaped my perceptions, their parents, and so to me, starting to actually recognize what I think and why I think mm. um, the way that I do, like that, has helped me understand diversity and inclusion. It's helped me narrow into. Do I think I'm better than other people because mm. of my skin color? Right. Or do I think I'm less than because I idolize people that aren't my skin color? Like I, I grew up idolizing Will Smith and Kobe Bryant. I moved to Philly partly because of that. <laughs> you know, I was like, these guys are my sure, heroes. Yeah. Um, you know, West Philadelphia, born and raised. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, Kobe grew up in Lower Marion. I moved to Upper Marion. So I'm, I'm like, it. but my childhood, you know, I, I had these defining moments and thoughts. And so as I've come to recognize the value of humility, humility is being confident in who you are Ooh. in your own skin mm -hmm. and knowing like you're not better than any other individual. And, and there's a lot, I mean, racism is all about being better than it's I'm better than, and they're less than. Yeah. And that's, and so to me, if, if every single individual could really get inside their own head, 
question why you think the way that you do and really dig into your own mental health. Like this is what's been so uh, life-changing for me is to understand like the second I go into better than, I'm, I'm in insecurity. Right. And there's fear behind insecurity. Oh, absolutely. And so then there, there's the fear of, I don't know you. I don't know where you're born and raised. You look different than me, you know, like right. in that fear then causes me uh, that, that, that insecurity, which then I act on that insecurity. So if, if I can recognize that I'm scared and recognize that I'm insecure, I can start to heal that and move past that and come back to humble, which is confidence and not insecure. So everything, the foundation for my life has become fixing what's up here and really continuing to stay present and connected. So this year employers have had to come face to face with multiple elements that threaten to cause or aggravate mental health challenges in the workplace. Now more than ever, we need an employer-led response. How has Homey invested in, provided resources and training for, and built a culture around helping employees navigate mental health challenges? Yeah, this one, I, I love that this is becoming more of a focus. So mm. we actually rolled out a mental health program about a year and a half ago. Brilliant. And so um, what, what I had come to recognize is that um, Drama exists in every workplace. Absolutely. And drama is all up here in our heads. Absolutely. And as we, if you could eliminate drama, you could be more effective. You could communicate better. Sure. You can get more stuff done. There's less backbiting, you know, less fear of going to work and, and being around that certain individual. And there's so much drama. And what I recognized is this has got to be having an effect on people's home life. And I knew that to be true from my own experience. If I got in a fight with my partner, bring it home. And I'd, be, I'd right. have to come in the door and talk to my wife and be like, hey, this is what occurred. And then the kids would be like, hey, dad. I'm like, not now. I'm talking to your mom. I have to, you know, like, right. yeah, like I can set the phone down all I want, but, but like I'm still at work in my head because of the drama. Well, the same is true with our personal situations. Mm. You know, you might have somebody in your family dying of cancer. You might have who knows what. I mean, now in where we are with COVID and the economy and the election and all mm. of this crazy that's going on, like people are bringing drama to work yeah. and it slows us down. So it it's become a foundational focus for us. It's now foundational under our values. It teaches us how to live our values. So that training we went through, we trained our executive team, our mid-management team, and then the whole company with the same vernacular. So we all can speak the same language that's, you know, common to therapy. Mm. And so we have really direct conversations using this language. And it's, the challenge has been with new hires, you know, keeping them apprised. We recorded all the trainings. They're not the same. So we'll, we'll we're still figuring things out. We're still writing sure. our, our mental health playbook. Um, but I'm, I'm glad we rolled out what we did a year and a half ago. It, it prepped us and I think, you know, really helped us to become more mentally strong yeah. for situations like what we're living in. I love that. It's incredible that you rolled it out a year and a half ago, well before um, many of our recent events had <laughs> taken place, right? Kind of ahead of the curve there. So what exactly in these trainings did you cover 
and what are you training employees on now as far as mental health challenges go? So I, I think the best way to explain what we learned is to tie them back to our values. Okay. Because they really are foundational. And I think anybody that has a set of company values, you could you could look at them and understand, okay, how does mental health help me live those? So for example, humility, we talked about that. Like if you think of these new hires, a lot of the new hires might come in thinking, I got this job, I'm going to rock it right. and being a little overconfident, a little right. egotistical. And really that's insecurity and there's fear. Mm-hmm. Now on the flip side, they could be like, Ooh, they just hired me. They don't know who I am. Am I even <laughs> capable? Right. And that's the insecurity on the other side. That's the less than. And so that, you know, helping them get to true humility is knowing, look, we hired you and we think you're capable of learning and you should come in into this role feeling confident that we're going to teach you and that your past skills got you here and we're going to teach you new skills. So the value of humility is, has been really a strong one when it comes to mental health. I would say the value of balance as well. You have to set your own boundaries. And boundaries is a big mental health topic. Brene Brown talks about it. A lot of other therapists hammer that. And you can blame the company. You can blame others on your balance, but it's it's all it all comes down to you and saying, you know, like I'm. You can tell your clients, look, I'm going home. I can talk to you tomorrow at 8 a.m. You know, as soon as I come in. So it's about setting expectations, having boundaries. Um, That's that's balance. I would say loyalty is is our other value um and that one is all about self-care and self-love right and there's so much around that and and there's been you know we, we had different weeks where we learned these topics and principles and just went deep on each one of them so those are a few examples i love that so it sounds like one of your strategies is providing this training to all of your employees, yes? And making sure you're all speaking the same language and on the same educational path as it comes to mental health challenges. So what other strategies has your company implemented to better support the mental health of your employees if there are others? Yeah, every Wednesday I hold a uh, mental fitness Wednesday, hour long session from noon to one. So anybody can join it. We talk about all issues at work or home. People can bring up, you know, random scenarios and and saying, you know, uh, if this, you know, or this occurred with a friend, you know, yeah, and sure, we talk through sure. it. Um, and it just, just having people listen and validate each other is healing. Mm. And so that hour has been really helpful. Um, we also just recently rolled out Zenovate. I'm, I've been friends with uh, Amelia Wilcox. She's had this company for a long time where she did uh, massages for businesses. Well, she's come in and she's added yoga. She's added, you know, meditation. She's added uh, counseling, therapy, coaching. Interesting. And so there's other programs that people can sign up for to just get additional help and resources. And I'm proud of what she created. She pivoted really hard for COVID with not being able to give massages in person, you know, so this is now a a great new solution for companies to get all this through zoom. Brilliant. And, um, yeah, there's, and, and there's more to come, you know, we're still learning how to deal with life and, and what's going on. But all of those things have been extremely beneficial so far. Sure. And I'm sure as things are continually changing and people are feeling all kinds of different emotions and going through different life changes, all of these programs and strategies will continue to be beneficial for each employee. Um, I really like the hour meeting every Wednesday, right? Um, have there been any stories that stood out to you or experiences that you personally had because of this hour meeting? Um, 
that ended up being a positive experience and had a positive result because of the power of listening. So many, so many examples. Um, yeah, I, I think of, I can think of two examples that are, that are, that you wouldn't necessarily tie, I think to mental health directly, like thinking about it. But these two individuals talked to me about this. One of them recognized he was in drama and he had, he had accused another employee of doing something, uh, that they didn't do. And he went around gossiping about that individual. Well, part of this mental health training is to be, uh, honest, being honest, humble, and responsible. Those were the three pillars of this mental health training. And he wanted to be honest. So he called me up and he's, and, and, uh, he said, Johnny, um, I know we don't know each other that well, but I want to let you know, I wasted a lot of company resources and I caused a lot of drama. And he went on to explain that he went and gossiped this individual to their boss, to other, their peers. And I was, I was shocked that he was telling me this. I'm like, well, okay, you know, this is, this is terrible. And I said, well, so, so, uh, what? And he's like, well, I'm happy to face any consequence. Mm. So he was taking responsibility. Absolutely. He was owning up to it. And I said, well, have you let this individual know that you gossiped about them? He's like, yes, I went to them. I told them everything I did. I also let that person know that I went to each individual and I apologized and let them know that was not true, that I was wasting time. I was in drama. And to me, like that type of honesty, man, I don't know how many things are hidden that people don't want to share. Yeah. because there's not an atmosphere of safety and trust, but because I've been so vulnerable about my own weaknesses and my own mistakes that I've made at the company and, and in life, he was willing to open up to me. So I think my, again, you have to lead by example, but my vulnerability allowed him to come and share that. Sure. And, and there was another individual who uh, just came out of the blue and, and let me know, you know, that at work they were uh, checking ESPN more frequent than they felt that they ought to and that they felt they were wasting company resources and they wanted to be honest and they wanted to clean it up and they wanted to heal and they felt you know it was an addiction that they were going back to ESPN instead of and, and because of that distraction they weren't as focused on the job that they were supposed to accomplish sure. and it's things like this that I'm like okay th this this isn't just benefiting us individually like that's great but it's not all altruistic like there are there, there's benefits that affect your company from a bottom line standpoint. Absolutely. And those were two examples where I'm like, I should roll this out years ago. Like the company would be so much more successful if people weren't abusing company resources, time, money. Um, and these were two examples of, of individuals that have, have stopped that behavior and they've made changes. Yeah. And because they took responsibility and they felt the guilt, you know, they, they aren't going to go back and repeat those same behaviors, especially knowing that I now know, you know, like right, they, they right. came and, and cleaned it all up and it was remarkable. I love that. And I think that really goes to show the power of, um, leading without permission, because as you led by example, they then felt they had the support to be leaders and step forward. Right. And no one gave them permission to do that, but they stepped up to the plate and did that on their own. And I think that's a really, really cool example of how the homie culture is fed from the top down. Okay, what advice would you give to companies just now beginning to implement supportive protocols as far as mental health goes? Yeah, I, I think part of my mental health, like had I not understood any of these things and still had a stigma like most people have, yeah. the first thing that I would be feeling is worry. Like, 
anything that I don't know that's unknown to me, I have fear around. That's right. been my history. And so I would be like, well, I don't even know the first thing. I'm not going to roll out a mental health program or I don't even want to step into this. This sounds crazy because of the stigma. Um, but the truth is every single one of us struggle. We all have stresses. We all have anxiety. We all feel feelings of overwhelm. And so those are all common things where you can work on your mental fitness. Like I think typically we associate it with suicide and we're like, oh, you're suicidal? It's like, no, just like I'm... It's not always on that level. It's right. not always on that level. Yeah, like you're not always running a marathon when you tell people you're working out. Sure. You might have just done, you know, a few sit-ups or gone on a walk, you know? So it's, it's the same thing with mental fitness. Like you can start small. So don't feel overwhelmed. Like you, there's not any reason to. And, and if you really dig, you can be vulnerable about any stressful job you've ever had and say, hey, everybody, like... I felt stress in this job or I felt stress in other jobs. And I want to share with you guys that I'm not perfect, you know, and I've made mistakes. Yeah. So you can lead with little examples. Um, and, and I think really, if you can just create an environment of safety and trust where people can listen and you listen as the leader and, and you validate others in their stress, in their struggles, and you can just have some empathy like that is the beginning of a wonderful mental health program. I love that. Validation, um, empathy, and fear. Those are super, super great. So earlier we talked a little bit about um, domestic violence, right? And a domestic abuse and how those numbers are skyrocketing. And um, there's a lot of issues surrounding that currently, right? What, Where in your mental health program are there any kind of um, responses or strategic um, programs that help address these issues or the mental health issues that come along with situations such as domestic violence. This one is such a sensitive topic. I mean, you know, we, we didn't we didn't address it like directly. Of hey, if you're in a situation like this, you need to get out. You need support. You need help. What we did address was that any human you're you're interacting with, if they're treating you poorly you're not and you keep going back to that individual even at work if it's your boss right. you have to have self-care right. you have to have self-love be loyal to yourself be loyal to yourself yeah and so we hammered on that and we said look um being treated unfairly being treated uh, poorly or in a domestic violence situation like that is not okay mm -hmm. and and you can set boundaries to not be around those individuals you know and and you can set boundaries to get help like if this is if this occurs i'm calling the police you know yeah. or you know if if this occurs again like you set hard boundaries so that um you protect yourself and and to me that's it's a loving thing to do it's hard to think like in a situation like that that i'm setting boundaries and if you if you act this way you know like with my wife my wife yeah. and i could use us as an example i've been condescending and, and I wouldn't say that's domestic violence, you know, right, but right. that's, that's inappropriate. And so she's set boundaries and she says, you know, like, I don't deserve to be talked that way, you know, and, and if that occurs again, you're sleeping on the couch, <laughs> you know, and sure. if that continues, I don't want you in this house with our kids mm, until mm -hmm. you figure this out. Right. Where a lot of people will say, oh no, you just, you love them. You forgive them. True love is holding somebody accountable and responsible for their actions. Absolutely. 
and that that's what we taught that's what we went that that those are some of the things we went through like even even at work like there's deadlines and i recognized that i was enabling people Mm. to hit their deadlines you know and and i wasn't just saying nope this was the deadline here's the consequence of not hitting that deadline right so i was an enabler and if you look at the drama triangle there's the peacemaker the enabler the rescuer it's all the same person you know there, there's there's the persecutor there's the, the, there's the victim that's the drama triangle and so as we went through that we recognized where you fall in mm. this triangle in different scenarios we, we go to all three of them at different times but that that to me is one of the best teachings you can give somebody in any circumstance, not just, you know, in a, in yeah, a absolutely. Such extreme situation like domestic violence. Absolutely. So as we talk about um, this triangle, right? Well, the drama triangle, is that what we called it? Yeah. Um, what, what would those categories look like and what shape would that form in a more positive and mentally, mentally healthy um, company situation and environment? Well, the example I shared earlier of the individual that took responsibility for uh, calling out his peers, mm-hmm. you know, or, or uh, you know, gossiping about an individual, like he was in the persecutor role, like so he went and did that. Now, when he took responsibility, he did the opposite of that drama triangle. So we're teaching people to get out of it as soon as possible, to recognize that. Now he could have just said, you know what. Yeah, that person didn't didn't do what I said they did, but they're still a jerk, or I still don't like them. Like he could have justified yeah, it, absolutely, and stayed in drama, and that that poison at the company could have existed. Um, instead, he looked inward, and so all of this is about looking inward and eliminating drama from your life, eliminating it from your mind, eliminating it from work, you, you know, your your home life. So these are skills that I think you can take anywhere. Absolutely. Johnny, thank you so much. Um, I would love to hear some final closing thoughts um, on kind of your experiences with mental health and then just a quick wrap up. I love that this is the last question. So as, as I've come to really analyze me and recognize how I've been defining myself and, you know, my own self-care, my own self-worth, I've work has been who I am. Like I am my job. That's been me for so long. I've put so so that definition around me or my degree or whatever it is, like you can easily label yourself. Yeah. And so if the company's doing well, I'm doing well. If the company's not doing well, I'm not doing well. And I've, I've looked at other leaders at other companies and it's like, Oh, my business, you know, I don't, I don't have what they have. So I am less than, you know, or, um, and I, I can speak from experience at a time at homey. We, you know, in our first couple of years, it was, a, it was a challenge. It was a struggle. We had flat year over year growth mm. and we couldn't get any funding. And all we ever hear about the successes, like you see in Deseret news, like homey raises $20 million. They, they right. you know, like, but you don't, you don't see the struggles and we don't talk about them. We, we hide those. We're scared. We're in fear of those. But the truth is like during that time where I couldn't raise money, um, I had so much fear and uncertainty and I was questioning myself, am I a good CEO? Am I a good leader? Am I a good provider as a, as a husband, as a father, I started questioning everything because VCs were turning me down. Right. I was telling myself all those stories and I got to a really dark spot because I was ruminating on those. 
And, and this is actually a lot more common than I ever knew as I've been opening up other CEOs or other business leaders are like, oh, I felt the same. I've done this, you know, or, or anybody in the workplaces has ruminated on certain stresses and it's taken you to a dark place. And so I, I wanted to fast forward my life. I didn't want to take my life, but I wanted to fast forward. And I thought of some dark things of like, could I go into a coma mm -hmm. and then wake up and just see what happened? Did we ever raise money? Yeah. What happened to the company? You know, and those are ugly, dark thoughts and they're extremely unhealthy. And had I had a better understanding of mental fitness, I could have been working out, working my mind out prior to it going to that spot and letting it just nosedive. Yeah. Things ended up working out. You know, like we were flat and then all of a sudden business started to spike and we were able to raise money, you know, and, and things ended up going extremely well. And I've talked to other friends who had those same thoughts and their businesses did tank and life still went on right. and they figured something else out and it was where they needed to be and the lessons they needed to learn. And we just, you know, I know personally, I put so much meaning around my role at work and who I was and my degree and all, all of those things where coming back to humility, like I recognize I'm enough regardless of the zeros in my company's bank account mm -hmm. or in my own bank account. I know, I know that I have worth. My worth is, is of infinite value. It never changes. Nothing can diminish my worth. And as I've, I've really re-emphasized those points and thoughts in my own life, I've healed from some of my own insecurities. Absolutely. I've grown as an individual. And then I've been able to use these stories to help others to, to open up. Yeah, so absolutely. That's a, that's a little glimpse into one of my experiences that's helped me become passionate about this subject. I love it. I love it. And I think it's a really important piece that you hit on is that our minds can be meant, we can be mentally fit. We can work out our minds. We can train our minds. Um, but also that mental health challenges are 100% real and relevant and pre prevalent in so many of our lives. Right. Um, but staying true to ourselves, loyal to ourselves and trusting ourselves is a huge piece in overcoming that. What is the starting point for leaders, whether you're at the top or the bottom to deal with mental health issues? I think the starting point is to have empathy for yourself. To know that you're not weird, you're not abnormal, that so many people, I mean, the truth is every single human struggles. Most people just are, are too proud to admit it. And their own fear is getting in their way. And if you think of that, that, that is, it's, we have fear, we have insecurity. What are people going to think of me? They're going to categorize me. And that's, that's where this stupid stigma of mental health, like it still exists because mm. we, we participate in that. And that's where I want to share with everybody, all of my struggles and that, that mental health hour that I do at my company, I basically just come and confess how I've, you know, treated my wife and kids and you know, what, what crazy was going through my head the previous week or challenges that I had as a little kid that are still haunting me, you know, some of my previous struggles. So just the more we open up, the more we're real with each other, the, the better we will feel because we'll actually heal by, by opening up and sharing. But it's step one, have compassion and empathy. Mm -hmm. Just know that what you're going through is hard and it is a struggle especially in these times it's magnified in these times absolutely so i would say yeah try to find somebody that you can talk to 
and immediately you'll feel better. You know, you want to find somebody that you know is a good listener that cares about you enough to where, you know, you can confide and share whatever you feel is necessary. Beautiful, beautiful. What specific procedures or protocols or systems has Divi put in place to ensure the support of um, employees who need mental health support? Yeah, so so first thing is, uh, and this is a new one, uh, because again, it, it was built into our culture, right, of, of having a, a place where you can be open, you can be yourself. Um, so really from a culture standpoint was, was huge, but then that has recently transitioned into something more. Um, and so they've actually just recently started a mental health resource group um, for all of our employees. Um, and so I, I'm lucky to be one of the, the chairman on it. Um, so our main initiative, though, is to create a place where uh, we cater to all of our employees for all of their different needs uh, around mental health. Um, and so we're trying to create a place that is beneficial for lots of different things. Again, mental health is, is a broad uh, topic. And so our main goal and, and what Divi has been amazing at is to make sure if you, uh, with this group, you know, if you're struggling with um, anxiety or depression or, uh, you know, a, just a hard thing, a stressful time in your life, um, if you're going through, uh, you know, postpartum depression, more specific things, um, we're trying to create resources um, that are accessible. And so that's one of our, our main things is uh, all of our resources are accessible to the entire company which has been huge. Um, and then the second thing that we're doing is, is action items behind it. Um, so for me, you know, with, with going through my experience with mental health and not feeling motivated, you don't want to do anything. You can barely get out of bed. Um, but you also don't want to feel like you're, it's maybe this was for me, but I didn't want to feel like I was just doing things to do things. Uh, and I didn't want to feel like I was part of like a help group, if that yeah. made sense. I wanted just to feel like a normal person. Um, and so that's kind of the second initiative that, that our uh, mental health group is taking is to make it feel like it's okay to not be okay um, and to help them feel normal. So with activities that are going to be just based around, you know, gratitude and uh, how to help family members, um, how to take some time for yourself, <laughs> just little things that uh, don't feel like you're coming to, to go through a checklist, um, but to make it much more action item based. Um, and so that's been huge, you know, that Divi has gone out of their way and is um, proactively um, doing that for employees um, and making it formal. Again, going back to the number one thing is, is Divi just from the start created a, a culture of acceptance, a culture of um, putting as much work into the workplace as you can, but to never let that be affecting your mental health. Um, and so that's been the two things that uh, we've done that are again pretty general and broad, but have helped me personally and so many other people that um, have already been helping with the group and have given us feedback on the group um, has been awesome to see. So clarify for me, is the group called Keep On? Is that what we're talking about? So Keep On's my separate brand. Separate brand. Mm -hmm. So that's me. Mm -hmm. Okay. So talk to me about Keep On. Keep On, yes. What is Keep On? What's the mission? Yeah, Keep On is, is a separate brand um, that I've created out of uh, this whole thing that Divi's doing uh, for their employees, but at a personal level, right, is um, I'm trying to create a place where uh, 
it's acceptable to have mental health issues. It's a place where you can come and feel like you're part of a group. Um, it's a place where you can feel acceptance and love and support and empathy um, that I'm trying to do uh, what my best friends and my family members did for me, um, for other people. Um, and that was just showing up and feeling like I could, you know, just talk about sports if I wanted to talk about sports. You know, I was having a hard day and what, what I was going to need is just to talk about sports. Uh, and then also on that same note, I can reach out to the same people and talk to them uh, about my suicidal thoughts and talk to them how depressed I've been and how frustrated I am and how angry I am. We're really trying to, to create a community that uh, allows for that and makes it um, a comfortable place. Depression and, and mental health becomes very uncomfortable and very hard to manage when you're by yourself. Um, and, and the reason uh, behind the, the keep on uh, name is that was kind of one of my mottos from uh, one of my counselors is I was open and upfront with him. And sometimes I would go and sit in counseling and I would cry and I would tell him I was frustrated and I would tell him I'm not happy with things. And he would say, you don't need to be happy, but you have to keep on keeping on. And it was a simple phrase and it was some people look at it maybe like as too simplified, but it was honestly what I needed was someone to remind me like things aren't just going to get better. He was very real with me saying, you're going to have frustrating days. You're going to have a, a battle that you're fighting. That's a grind. That's a long-term uh, thing to fix. Um, but if you do keep on, if you just keep at it, um, things will get manageable. He was also very honest about things get manageable before they get better and in a place that uh, is great. And so that's kind of our, our whole mission is, is to make it a place that is manageable at first uh, before, you know, with going back all the way to my expectations is in my head, my expectations were everything needed to be perfect. Everything needs to be, you know, beautiful for my Instagram and for how everyone's looking at me. I had to be happy all the time. Um, and so this is one of those expectations that I'm hoping to break down that wall for people to interact with us as a brand, um, as we create a community, is it really just becomes a place where it's manageable. You know, Hey, I had a bad day, but I'm going to keep on and, and I'm managing and I'm going to find the small wins uh, throughout my day uh, because eventually that turns into a, a very happy life um, overall. So how real do we want to be? How will we be real leaders within this space? What real strength do we have? What real change will we lead? Mental health doesn't come overnight, and neither does workplace improvement, but steps can be taken to make things better. If you are suffering from suicidal thoughts, please call the National Suicide Hotline, 800-273-8255. Again, 800-273-8255. If you are not considering suicide, but still need help improving your mental health, please seek help from professionals. There are people here to help you. Hey. 
At this time, we'd like to take a moment to thank our podcast sponsor, Rev Road. They are a venture services firm located just south of Silicon Slopes in Utah. Their applications are open every quarter for new companies. So if you are a bright entrepreneur out there, go ahead and apply at RevRoad.com. This podcast is proudly brought to you by LaunchPod Media, podcast agency and production house. Thank you.